Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hi there, and welcome to a brand new episode of Back to Basics. Our guest today is Janet Brown. She's the founder of Excellence and Presence Communications, an integrated PR and marketing agency. She has spent most of her life creating brand development strategies, all sorts of communication campaigns, and diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. She's also heavily involved in her community through a foundation that advocates for anti-gun violence solutions and conflict resolution for the youth and young adults. Hello there. How are you doing? Hello, Leticia. I'm well, thank you. Thanks and I think I me. probably messed up your... Is Jeanette, right? Jeanette. Yes, Jeanette. I always tend to say Janet. Well, everybody it. knows my English is questionable. So no, <laughs> I, I grew up in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn, which is a predominantly and was a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. So it's fine, Janet, Jeanette. You are used to us messing it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, I like the accent. Oh, the well. Twist. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. That's good. So, well, tell me about that's a great point to start. Tell me about that childhood of yours. Wow. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I grew up in, in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and uh, my family is from the Caribbean. And uh, so my mom is from Trinidad, my dad's from Jamaica. And oh. growing up in Bushwick was an amazing experience. And uh, it was a mix of cultures in the 80s, a mix of cultures. It was also Bushwick when people really didn't want to say that they were from Brooklyn because okay. <laughs> of the era in which I grew up. But I love the the culture and experiences that I had there. I went to Catholic school. Most of my friends went to Catholic school. It was just kind of the thing to do from a cultural perspective. And um, But I, I mixed well with everyone. And like I said, predominantly my friends were of Hispanic, uh, from a Hispanic background, Dominican, Puerto Rican, Mexican, Ecuadorian, just like a mix. Yeah. So it was amazing. Well, I'm Venezuelan, so I'm going to say this right now. Trinidarians and Venezuelans, we get along really good because yes. you're what so close. Yes, 12 miles. So yeah. where my uh, grandparents, uh, my mother grew up and my grandparents was 12 miles from Venezuela on the, the side of Trinidad where, um, where they're from. Yes, so, yes. Uh, a lot of people don't realize it, but you know, yes. Venezuela, we have the Caribbean islands are so yes. close, some of them, that we really, you know, mix and blend very well. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. <laughs> so, so growing up in this very multicultural environment, I'm sure it gave you a lot of perspective. Were there any dreams or any particular passions that were you showcasing in a young age that now you can tell, oh, I, I was already you know, very social as a kid. That's why I ended up in PR or something like that. That, that is exactly it. And um, as I went through the questions that you provided me with it, it, I kind of connected the dots of things that I already knew or aha moments along the way, but I was very social. Everyone knew me. I, my, it was my sister and I kind of growing up together and she was more of an introvert. She stayed home with my mom and I just, I went and met friends and, um, pretty much brought them all back home. And that's how they knew my sister and I. 
That's good. You sound like a yeah. good sister to have. Yeah. <laughs> you stay home and let her do the work. Yeah, I was a younger one also. So it was interesting that I was more outgoing, but always making friends. And it's still a quality that I have today. I have, I think I have an innate ability to connect positively with people. And it's something that has even been written in my reviews coming up in my career is that, you know, I have a positive, able to connect positively with people. So it's a good thing. That's a good thing. Sometimes <laughs> I can relate to that. And sometimes people say, you're so good at keeping in touch. And it feels unfair because I say, yeah, but you make it sound like I'm making an effort. You right, know, and right. it feels unfair to take the compliment because to me, it's innate. I just want right. to talk to my friends. And I know right. for other people, it really takes effort to reach out. And that yeah. has, in my opinion, a different level of praise that they should get, you know, when yeah. you're doing something <laughs> that is hard for you. But right, in my right. case, no, it never absolutely. felt that way. Right. But it's usually the people who it's difficult for them to do that when they see someone else do it, it's just like, wow, that's amazing. Yes. You're so good at that, you know, because it's a challenge. Yes. No, I totally see that. So, so as you, you know, in, in your young years, is that how you, what you studied? Like when you make a decision to go into a career or into, into a degree, tell me about that. I, I honestly do the things that, I was supposed to. As a child, I wanted to be a a nurse, right? At first I said police officer. I remember having a t-shirt as a child that said I wanted to be a police officer and my sister's shirt said she wanted to be a nurse. And uh, But uh, eventually I wanted to go into studying childhood education or and then I wanted to be a nurse again. So that is what I went to school for was nursing. And um, along the way, things happened in my life that changed the course of the direction that I was going in. And I had to get a degree. But then I decided that, you know, I stumbled into PR and that's how I got into public relations. So finished high school, went away to college. That was something I knew I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm getting out of here. I want to go and explore the world. And that is like the social nature in me. And uh, and then when I got to college, I was studying uh, nursing and I got to chemistry and thought there's no way I'm getting through this three-year course <laughs> and uh, decided to um, go into visual studies. And, um, and a year and a half into school, I came home one holiday and my mother passed away. Oh, my God. Came abruptly, home for Christmas break. Like- and, yeah, it was it was like two weeks we were coming home for break and I, I got home and she passed away maybe a week and a half later and it was totally unexpected. I thought she was having a, a um, she had a cold and just like a maybe experiencing the flu. She was actually having a, a heart attack and, and didn't realize the signs of what that looked like. And she ended up passing away. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. So, um, that, that... so I, I ended up staying home. Wow, yeah, that, that's it, it was definitely, definitely a difficult moment. Mm-hmm. I can see yes. it's uh, I have my mom still, luckily, but I know no matter how you try, because as they get older, you try to trick your brain mm-hmm. into you have to prepare that this is going to happen sooner yeah. or later. But yeah. then you hear people that they lost their mom at an early age. You know, first, of course, I feel super blessed, but I don't know how did you cope with all that going back home and then a, a week and a half later not having your mom around? Uh, I I don't think I coped with it for years. I think I 
what I realized after she passed away was that life went on for everyone else. It was just like back to the regular scheduled program for everyone. And I found myself digging into the things that I was taught, right? So I was going to school. She passed away two weeks later. I immediately went and signed up for community college because growing up, education was important in my family. So I was like, I I have to go to school. You know, I got to find a school that's going to take my credits. And it's something that I need to accomplish. So I was mission driven on like the goals that that I was told I was supposed to do as a child. And, um, and even though she had passed away, my way of moving through the world was staying focused on those goals, despite what happened. So I really didn't deal with the emotions and, uh, and just continue to push through. Uh, that's, uh, that's very brave, but I can, I can sense how that's still a tough, tough emotion to handle. Yes, it is. It is very much so. But, um, but I, I definitely worked through a lot of that throughout the years. So my mom passed away when she was 42 and I'm 42 now. And, uh, you know, women don't share their age, but for me, it was just like a moment that I always, I'm just like, oh my gosh, what if I don't make it past 42? (laughs) So I always felt like I had to, you know, follow my dreams or goals or wherever life took me, accomplish, uh, have accomplishments and, and kind of move through life in that way. So there was no more planning. It was more, okay, well, you need to get an education. You got to get a job. And it was all about survival. Yeah, I, I definitely see what, what you say. The realization that life goes on. I, I've lost I've lost two of my best friends uh, throughout. One very young at 17, the other one uh, at 28, maybe. And okay. that was, for me, the big realization as well, like how our life goes on. And even now, I'm 47 since you're this close. So. <laughs> <laughs> you look beautiful. No, thank I you. would have never known. You too. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I realize now how much more life I've had in comparison to my friend that died at 17. Yes. And how lucky I feel and, and all that. And it feels unfair that life goes on and because right. we kept going and... That that is that's definitely a, a hard concept to grasp. It is. It is. It for is. Sure. But you moved on and you have a very yeah. successful career. So uh, so yeah. you went to community college. How was your how was your first, let's say, the start into PR and, and into the, the career you made? So um, so my start in PR was interesting because I uh, my friends were all, you know, working at temp agencies through like summer jobs and and I, I knew that I needed to get a job and I started temping while um, that summer before I went back to school. So I continued to temp part time and then go to school and then I ended up being offered a job at a PR agency at about the age of 20. So I still hadn't achieved my associate's or bachelor's degree, but I was hired as like administrative, you know, support. And I got an opportunity to work at a PR agency. And I remember the woman who found me the job, she's like, this is exciting. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I had no idea uh, what I was getting into. Wow. And I ended up working at a company at the time. It was called Allen Taylor Communications. And, um, it was one of the best things that I probably could have done because uh, working there taught me a lot. It put me on a, on the career path I'm on today. And many of those people are very much my friends or people that I work with and, um, and uh, people who've continued to help me throughout my career in different ways. So they, they beca- became my family. 
Oh, that's very nice. I yeah, think extended that's, family. that's a goal. I always say I sound idealistic, but to me, to my customers, you know, we all have good ones and not so good ones. <laughs> but I always say that I strive for that family feeling. And I have, yeah. I have to say, I'm very blessed. I have customers that I, they're my friends and we help each other. And yes. sometimes they cannot award you the, the deal or cannot work, but it's always in, with such compassion and and grace, and, and it, you don't have to fight over not getting the right. deal if you have a real relationship. And Agreed. that, to me, is the ultimate goal. So I'm, I'm happy that, that you consider those people your family. Yes, yes. Um, what's, what's interesting is uh, in 2017, after I, I had my son, I was home for a while, and the um, Alan Taylor, who owned the agency that I worked for, um, who left a few years before I even left the agency, he sent me a message on LinkedIn and he said, I wrote a book and um, you're included in it. Um, I hadn't seen Alan probably since 2006. It's now 2017. I was like, me, what'd you write about me? And he <laughs> wrote a book about his start in, in PR and sports and, and his experience creating an agency and some of the people he had remembered. And he included a line in there about me. And I thought, oh my goodness, you you don't realize what sort of, and this is someone who has worked with legends all over the world, international stars. He's, um, you know, I just like, how did you remember me out of all of the people that you've worked with? And, um, and I felt really special. And it was a time in my life where I was not feeling the best about myself and career. And, and it was just something that's just like, Jeanette, it's not over. Right. Um, oh, and, absolutely. you know, you just don't, you don't realize how you, um, you know, what you leave behind when you encounter people, even if you're not trying. Oh, you know? I'm a f firm believer of that. But I have to ask this. Uh, do you remember <laughs> the line he shared? Yeah, he just mentioned he talked about being uh, me being a pleasant person to work with and that I had put myself through night school and continued to work and move through the ranks in the company. I was given an opportunity where everyone else who had come through the door had you know, they, who were practicing PR, they all had degrees. They went to school for journalism or, or some sort of communication degree. And I remember him telling me, you don't need a degree for this. You just need to, you know, you need to be a great communicator. You need to, you know, have passion for it. And, um, and I did. That's and great. That's great. great. There. Just a, a few episodes ago, I interviewed someone that was saying that, that in the interviewing process, he, while he always, of course, welcomed people that had degrees, he never, never ruled out anybody because of not having the degree. Right. And because there's so many things that make the professional, you know, and, and I just, I mean, I'm in an interviewing process for technicians, for telecommunication technicians. <laughs> I've never been stood out so many times like that this week. I've been stood <laughs> out at least five times from people that said yes to an interview. Oh and, my goodness. and it's crazy, you know, and it's these are telecommunication technicians are in shortage. So we have 20,000, we need 40,000. So these people, <laughs> they are get offered wow. jobs every day. Wow. But even then to accept an interview and then not take it. Right. And that yeah. says a lot about the person. It does. And it so does. I, I tell my, my team and say, oh, should we try? I say, no, that's the best filter you have. You don't want someone exactly. that doesn't show up to an interview and doesn't interview. even write a note. And right. those things you don't learn in college, those things, yeah. they come with you and who you are as a person. Yes. Yeah. Right. But yes. I don't want to digress. But yeah, I've no, been stood I up think, five I think, times. 
It's all relative because I, and I honestly, when I saw that line, I, something must've, you know, gave, you know, there was another woman who hired me who's still a very close friend of mine today. And she was my supervisor at the time. And, and it, it was the connection with her. It was the connection with everyone else that I worked with. It was me being me and someone giving me a shot. And then all of a sudden, you know, that, that, uh, being able to show up and and be dedicated is what has brought me to where I am today. So, That's so, so I'll, I'll remember them for a lifetime. That's very, very, very exciting. And, and I'm yeah. sure it has a compound effect because I find that all these relationships that you build day by day, day by day, you know, at the beginning, yeah, you know, you have relationships, but after, when you've been for a long time in any industry, they really yeah. compound in a big way. Yes. Yes. And you realize your network. And that is what I actually have in my bio on my website is, is the connections, um, you know, being able to connect networks of people and clients and, and or tapping into if I'm not the expert, I'm always transparent, like, hey, I've never done that before. But you know what, I think I may know someone who can help us or guide us or who I can put you in touch with, as opposed to thinking that I'm at the I'm the expert at everything. I think that's a great approach. And and I know that at some point in your career, you take that leap of faith that a lot of people that I, I, I like to think a lot of my audience, things like that, like they know they want to change course, they want to do something else, and they need that extra push to, to really right. say, let's do it. Because yeah. you, at some point you say, okay, I'm working for someone else, but I'm going to create my own agency. Tell, right. tell me about that. Uh, so that... Uh, that was something that people had been telling me for years that I could create my own agency. I could have my own company, but the idea of that seemed so far fetched. I thought about where I was sitting and, and being able meaning sitting in terms of an office or a corporation and, you know, that had multiple offices around the country or, or globally and thinking, how would I create something like this big? And, and it wasn't until 2017, when I kind of sat back and realized that the skill set that I had, I could honestly, I could do it from my kitchen table, right? <laughs> I could sit down and think about how to be resourceful or how to tap into my network and, and get the help that I needed or provide advice and realize, wow, you actually know a lot more. When people ask you questions, you I can go on for hours about how I can help them or, or how well, the things they need to do to get to achieve their goals. And for me, that was, you know, someone had offered me an opportunity to sit on the panel and I said, you know what, if you think I'm an expert to join a panel of uh, other like successful women, then I guess I, I too am successful. Yeah, people and, were seeing it before you saw it. People yes. were seeing that you, how yes. successful you were before you opened the, the window of, of yes. into yourself and, and a knowledge. No, and that's an important point because it's usually others that can get to see things that we are missing. And that's yes. why the cliche thing about look within, look inside yourself, yes. you know, yes. they tell you that it sounds like, it, it sounds like unimportant, but it, it really is not. Did, yeah, right. Did becoming and, um, a mommy had anything to do with that? Because 2017, you say you had just given birth to your son or? Yes. 
Yes. Do you I think did. that had anything came into play? Well, well, yes. So my drive to survive and knew and know that you know I still had to earn a living, and I I had my son, and then I um, I was home for a while, and then getting back into the groove of working full time. At I remember being you know five months pregnant, traveling right all all over, right? Getting on planes and representing the clients with passion and, you know, still doing a great job and, and thinking to myself, how am I going to keep that up or get back into that with a small child at home? And I wanted to make sure that I was present. So I started consulting and, um, and then eventually started my own company. And, but what was the underlying thing was driving me was survival. Right. I need to earn money. I need to earn money so that I can I can survive. And that was the thing that had kicked in when I was 17 and my mother passed away. It's just like I need a job. I have to finish school. Um, so those are the things that I think have driven me. And um, but now as time goes on and it's 2021 and, you know, a pandemic is here and I remember how I felt in 2017. And I think a lot of people may be feeling the same way today with the way the world has changed, right? Mm -hmm. It's definitely changed. And uh, meaning like, you know, some people don't have their jobs or lost their jobs or they've had to move or major life changes that have happened when they thought they were going the course, they did everything right. Um, you know, all, you know, they from A to Z, they completed it and success was supposed to be at the end of it all. And then this unexpected thing takes place and your life is just never the same again. And, and I was really happy that that happened to me in 2017 when, when all of the, as, as we've mentioned about death before, all of those, uh, you know, life went on as usual for everyone else, you know, like it was regular day, you know, they were back to business and, um, and it was different for me. So I feel like I had a head start on it, on getting adjusted to unexpected occasions or occurrences and then kind of finding a way to get through it all. Yeah, that definitely it's it's a blessing in disguise. I tell people yeah. that too because, I, as I mentioned before, I'm Venezuelan, and the company that my father founded, we, where I work, uh, and he founded it 49 years ago yesterday. Actually, you know, is in oh. Venezuela, and you know, we've had 20 years of COVID-like conditions because of the political environment in Venezuela, and so oh. you know, it's been super challenging. So right. so. You know, while I understand, I tell people, you know, we, in a way, we are lucky that there's countries out there that have circumstances that surround yeah. everybody that are really challenging. And we forget right. because the U.S. is a great country right. and there's so much opportunity and all these things. But at the same time, we have it good here. And, yeah. and COVID made us, I think, made people also in the U.S. realize that nothing is for sure. And that sometimes we do exactly. take for granted our circumstances. Yeah. And, and this is why I think has been so shocking, especially for people here, because we are not used right. to live with that. So I definitely I think that that, yeah, that was a great head start. And so you've been you, you've had the agency then for four years. Yes. And, four uh, years. and what's exciting? Tell us about what you're doing that it's exciting. Right. So I started in uh, working on some alcohol brands and consulting for former clients. And then 
um, working on smaller companies and businesses and book authors, restaurants, and, and things that um, I felt like I had connections to. So working in the last maybe 10 years of my career, I worked in alcohol uh, spirits and representing different spirits brands. So the food, culinary world, and as well as bars and restaurants, all, you know, we had to pitch the same people. The concepts were, were evergreen and uh, with some adjustment, of course, strategic uh, adjustment and also coming up with a creative way to showcase whatever it was that I was working on through unique cuisine or the owner of a business is is amazing and they have an interesting story and you know their expression is through food so um so i did a, a, i've done a lot of different things and that is another thing that i feel really fortunate about is that you know i worked my first eight years seven almost eight years in uh, sports and lifestyle and then i went into uh, personal publicity and that uh, working with people and talent and athletes and tv personalities and then into the alcohol industry so i feel really fortunate that i was able to cross multiple areas of pr and then also start in it when there wasn't a course of study it was just like you had to just learn the skill of developing fun campaigns engaging campaigns and connecting with people is to me at the core of public relations. So I, I went from restaurants, alcohol brands, to doing some diversity, equity, and inclusion work um, from some of the experience I had with crisis communications, and then also working now on, uh, working on mission-driven businesses and then nonprofit organizations. So some really exciting programs, worked on a, a, a woman-led symphony um, orchestra, 63 person, uh, 63 musician, um, live orchestra performance that talked about the history of women and, and, uh, through, um, since the 1800s, I've worked on, uh, a, a nonprofit organizations or for-profit organizations that are advocating for food, um, healthy food in schools for children. Um, also helped, uh, a bartender, um, organization and uh, spirits organization, uh, you know, integrate uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion into their practices because the industry was calling for it. And um, it was at the height of the pandemic when things were, were changing and the company was progressive enough to say, we want to make our organization more inclusive. And I was able to, to help them create a roadmap of how to do that. And it was a great experience. And I've, I've continued to evolve from there. Wow, it sounds exciting, exciting yeah. work. And uh, I mean, and you, you mentioned diversity and inclusion and equity. And I mean, this is a time where these conversations at least are, are you know, uh, front and center pretty much. Every convention, yeah. every event I have also, I work in the telecommunications industry, which is uh, the definition of a male-dominated industry. <laughs> And so I, I, I feel it that people are recognizing those initiatives and, and, and big companies are wanting to put programs to create more right. awareness about the issue. So I think I think you're going to have a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> and in addition to my personal experience, I'm also going to be taking a course to get a specific certification in that area as well. I've, I've done a lot of work and then person, personally as a as a black woman growing up in an industry that was predominantly uh, white, I have my own unique experiences that I think would definitely lend themselves to sharing with others. And I've learned a lot as well. So That's I, I just want to, the certificate, I think just may be another 
thing that I want to get under my belt, (laughs) but, uh, but I'm sure there's something for me to learn there as well. And it's, um, it's exciting stuff. And I, uh, I have an interesting perspective because I think that, uh, diverse, uh, people from diverse, uh, backgrounds should come together and, 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 uh, that is the recipe for success. Like we all can't be from the same place or understand the same things. I know that I have strengths and weaknesses and, and be able to lean on others and in things that I don't know. So um, that's kind of the, the environment that I'd like to foster with clients and even in my own company. I love it. I love it. And I know that you are a big advocate also for the young kids, you know, and, yes. and, and you tell me about the foundation you're involved with and, and the yeah, work they so do. I, yes, I'm working with um, the Chris S. Owens Foundation. It was started by uh, a childhood friend of mine who uh, lost his son to gun violence. His son was um, was murdered uh, by a stray bullet while he was playing. Oh. And um, it, it's in a, yeah, in a, in a ba- on a basketball court. And I think that um, he changed his life and started this organization and to, to help conflict resolution, to help youth in the community. And it's some, it was a, a turning point for him. But at the time, I had no idea what even he was going through. And he spent the last 11 years creating a, a, a foundation that has helped youth, has a, a demonstrated track record. And he recently invited me to be a teaching artist in a lights camera action program. And uh, I was like, really me? Mm-hmm. And I, I became really excited. I was like, okay, I'm sure I can do it. And, um, and I just thought about myself as a mentor in the corporate environment. And I was like, you know what, I can do this. And we are now teaching uh, youth about uh, film, television, entertainment. He handles a technical part because um, I'm sure I could still learn a few things about <laughs> using even my cell phone camera. <laughs> and I help with story development and how to, you know, what it is that you want to put into a visual story to communicate a message or what is that message or or being aware of, you know, cultural sensitivities so that you are bringing people to you as opposed to turning them off because they don't understand how it is that you're communicating. So it's been exciting. And I really enjoy working with the children that, uh, who are at risk youth, who I, um, I'm working with, and I realize that they're geniuses and, you know, maybe someone just needs to connect with them in a unique way and, uh, and, you know, change the course of their lives. And that's, that's what I hope to do in this effort. Wow, that's great. I think that working with children and the youth, I'm also very passionate about and how we can foster and plant ideas uh, way of thinking. I, I was just in the car yesterday. My my son was getting irritated because the Bluetooth didn't connect. <laughs> He's 10. And every time, so you see, every time my little girl is six and every time she does uh, it, it works. But then okay. my son has it and it doesn't work for whatever Never reason. Works. So he's like, you see, and so he's kind of procrastinating. And, and I was telling him about Murphy's Law. And I say, you know, Murphy's right. Law. Ta, ta. And so I've talked to them so much about Murphy's Law. And then I have my little girl telling him, don't let Murphy into your head. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I say, that's great, Emma. That's awesome. You know, and these yeah. things you plant in them at this young <laughs> yeah. age. Yes. You know, because I told him, don't let Murphy take over. Just yes. calm down, keep trying. And then eventually he got it to work. And it's just such a shift in his behavior just by making him aware of how right. these 
all these feelings were just overtaking him. And yeah. and I see the same in, in, in so many young people that sometimes I interact with. And I recently did a mentoring session. Well, not recently, right, right before the pandemic. And out of, I think out of 45 little girl, girls, high school girls that I spoke with, at least 40 wanted to be nurse, nurses. <laughs> I'm like, how can that be that 40 people out of 45 want to be nurses? Want to be nurses. And, and I said, this is something that somehow is being planted in their head yeah. as yeah. it's a good job because it is and all that. But it's like the impact, you know, us as, adu as adults, we have into yeah. the younger generation is huge. And I think sometimes we don't even realize what realize we're doing by, by implanting belief systems, labels yeah. that we have. We just, we think it's all about transpassing these labels to them. And we are hurting our kids just by yeah. not allowing them to actually be raised free of all these preconceptions we bring. Yes, I completely agree with you. And it's, it's also why I decided to spend time with my son. Um, I feel fortunate that I was able to do so, but there was nothing glamorous about it um, in terms of, you know, there, like, there wasn't like money rolling in and I was in a cushion position. But I know that I, I knew that I needed to spend time with um, with my son as opposed to handing him off to someone or, or having uh, someone come in and help, which I have now someone who's come in and help. But the process of, of selection was very delicate for me because I know how impressionable children are and and the adults that are in their lives how they kind of pass on their fears their hopes and even sometimes want children to do the things that they feel like they missed out on yep. and um and and one of the things that i just wanted to get back to in terms of my own childhood when it comes to that is as a first generation child born in the u.s from immigrant parents and my grandparents were also um, very instrumental in in my upbringing and they were present and by the time I was 17 they as well as my mom had passed away but one of the things that they kept telling us about was uh you know they didn't want us to have accents uh, accents because they were from the Caribbean they said no you know you're not going to be able to get a job or no one's going to hire you like everything was about fitting in and um and assimilating right and and getting um getting your foot into the door to get a job and get an education and you know just it like all of the things that they felt and encountered when they came to this country and they were both educated. My grandfather was like a, the equivalent to the school's chancellor in Trinidad. My grandmother was a nurse and a teacher and she delivered half of my uncles and aunts. Right. Oh, wow. But when she came here, it was a humbling experience and she had to get her certification all over again. And the document she came with, you know, as a certified um, nurse and registered nurse, they didn't apply in the U.S. So they were all about fitting in and making sure that we were set up for success and thought education and assimilation would take us there. As an adult, I felt like I had to bury a lot of who I was um, and couldn't necessarily celebrate it. Uh, where today I embrace my differences and know that that's the added value, right? Like that's the that is the unique thing about me in addition to all that I've already learned, right? Um, and uh, it's like I said, I grew up around a lot of uh, people who were Hispanic and from the Caribbean and culturally we were all the same. And it was something that I felt like as a child, despite how horrible people thought Brooklyn was, there was a sense of community and 
um, you know, music and celebrations. If I didn't understand the words, I still sang Spanish songs and I still know them today by heart. Right. <laughs> um, but um, but as I got older, I felt like I had to move away from all the things that made me who I was. And um, and today, um, just so I can fit in and move up the ladder. And today I, I just I want to teach children that they should embrace that. Like that's the unique thing about them. And and then that'll also take you through your life and allow you to stand out from the crowd, which is, you know, everyone's like out of the box thinking, or how can you be different? You, we're all different and fitting in is what you're taught sometimes. But I think if we embrace who we are naturally, we'll stumble upon where we're supposed to be in life. That's very powerful. That 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 reflection is, and I can relate because I'm I'm first generation Venezuelan from Italian parents. So okay. uh, I also always felt, wow. you know, in my own country, yeah. I felt she's Italian, and then in Italy, they are the Americans, and I never felt right. that, you know, I was one thing or the other. And then right. I came to live in the states 25 years ago, so I was who knows what, you know, like. So I wow. always saw, also kind of hid my story a little bit, like to try to level up. And yeah. it's a big realization when you realize, and, and some people are happy you do it because if you yeah. highlight your uniqueness, there's no way, you, you know, in certain circumstances, right. you know, someone that speaks several languages or someone right. that right. has a rich culture like yours and knows about Trinitarian, uh, you know, culture and then Jamaican right. things. And I mean, that right. just makes you... Uh, culturally savvier than maybe other right. people, and and sometimes it's it's in the best interest of people that surround us that that right. you don't highlight those things, right? And uh, so I think it's great to to embrace embrace uniqueness, and and for what I can tell, you're very you know inspirational. You have a, a beautiful oh, journey, <laughs> and and I I think you definitely yeah you're you are on the track to really helping others tell their story because in PR also I'm sure that's what you know you do that brand yeah. development is really about who who the company is and also who the people are behind the company right who they're trying to reach what that story is that's going to inspire someone to purchase to follow to be a fan to adore and to even tell other people and that is something that I've um I know I'm really good at. I was going to say, I feel, I know I'm really, really good at it. Very nice. And it shows, it definitely shows. So, Thank so you. my last question is always the same. So there's no surprise factor there, but, uh, uh -oh. oh, there is a surprise factor. <laughs> I, I'm always interested to know, I mean, you're obviously passionate about connection and being with other people uh, in the times where the day is not as bright and you're having those days that we all have, like where you're like tired and you've had it. What do you what do you do to connect with my, what makes you tick? Is there any activity? Is there anything that you do that you say, ah, I could do this forever and I feel like at home? It is play music and dance. Mm -hmm. I love play it. Play music. Yes, uh, because I think that there's something about sound and and music, like just like your favorite playlist or a favorite song. And I've even found myself doing that to these days. Like I get up and drop my son off and he's singing in the car and I'm like, yes. yes. And I, I, I feel so good. It changes my mood instantly. And you don't think that it does, but if you put on 
a song that makes you happy or music that makes you happy. It changes your mood. And I love to dance. I don't care if anyone judges me because I'm the person on the dance floor. Um, but it just makes me feel free and it, it lifts my spirit. And um, I usually get a smile from other people and are able to get people to join me. Wow. Right? So yeah. it's contagious. <laughs> well, well, we must be soul sisters because I just told my kids again in the car, I drive them to school and they do the, the they do the, they're my DJ. So I give them the phone okay. and that's why they yeah. need the Bluetooth. They, they put it, two songs each, uh, you okay. know, every morning. And I told them just the other day, they play this song that I really like, gets me in a great moment. I say, every time you feel sad, go look for the song that makes you happy. I just wow. said this, I swear to God, two days ago, I say, <laughs> look for the song that makes you happy and play it. Yeah. And I told this to them the other day because I think it's a great strategy into okay. changing just the, how the day is going. So we definitely yeah. have a similar technique there. Yes. <laughs> That's great. I can't wait until we can meet in person. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Have a dance party. Oh, I love that. And you know, I think, <laughs> I think my audience gets very jealous because at the end of every interview, we, I already, I cannot wait for the pandemic to be over to right. start traveling again, really, because yeah. I made so many friends because yeah. I like to, after a conversation like this, I like to think that we are friends absolutely absolutely um, you can come to brooklyn you have a friend here i'm there don't <laughs> invite too much you don't know me too much yet you know i make these things happen but i definitely look forward to the day when we meet in person and i know this sure. conversation will be very inspirational to everybody out there and i thank you for That's your fun. time thank you as well for having me it's been a great experience thank you so much thank you you've been listening to back to basics You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.